0: All right, give me a mic check. Oof. Yeah, I was afraid of that. All right. Uh, Let me move my... Staying in here. Every time you do, you make noise. Come on. Off you go. Come on. Out you go. Out you go. go. Okay, uh, I think I can hear you now. Oh, I can hear myself. you
1: You sound crystal clear on my end.
0: Yeah, but I can hear myself now.
1: Um. Would you like to um, just call me on my cell and use your your software?
0: Okay, that's better. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. Hey, no problem. Yeah, how's it going, man?
1: Everything's going great here.
0: Good. Tech side still.
1: It's going to be a busy year for us. We got a lot of projects. I've got about um, uh, four new projects in the works that I plan on knocking out this spring on the network. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be nice.
0: Awesome. Well, and and a lot of this conversation, at least the podcast side of it, will be, uh, I guess, kind of twofold. One will be, hey, why why a podcast network? You know, how mm-hmm. is your podcast network different? You know, all, all those good things. Um, and how does that network, uh, I guess represent you as a person and how you operate. And then okay. the, uh, second half of that is learning a bit more about you on the, the business side. Um, cause I know like podcasting is, is half of you. Um, the other half is this whole Whataburger, like mogul <laughs> thing going on. Right. And, yeah. and how you balance those two, how you separate those two, and then ultimately, you know, how how you're able to do all of this and then still go home to, to the family and, and, you know, deal with that.
1: Yeah, delicate balance for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then the last part is the, the bonus round where um, my guest being you gets to, to ask me whatever questions you want for as long as you want. I do have a hard stop, probably around uh, seven thirty. But normally the conversation's about thirty minutes, so okay. it's it works for so me. Crazy. Yeah. All right, uh, and this will air pending nothing goes wrong Monday uh, around eight a.m. Pacific. Okay,
1: sounds good to me. Just let yeah. Just. Uh, I guess if I'm following you on Twitter, I should be able to see it when it pops up.
0: Yeah, and and I'll and, uh, also if... send out an email too, once the link has been uh, scheduled. Uh, I get a okay. link and then I'll I'll send you that link as well.
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: Awesome. All right. So I'm gonna put a a little cue of silence in here and then. Uh, and I'm gonna I... take a sip of my beer. <laughs> okay. Oh, and uh, and I just started doing this intro thing, so it's yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, but you'll you'll know when to jump in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. This podcast is brought to you once again by Conftalks.dev. If you are a developer, no matter where you are in the world, one of the things that developers have fun doing more than anything is going to conferences, meeting up with friends, and, and people they haven't seen in, in a year or two uh, just to share what they've learned, listen to some really smart people talk, and maybe even give a talk themselves. However, you can't do that if you forget to submit your application for financial aid or to submit your CFP to, to actually give that talk. Well, Conftalks.dev is working to solve that. Uh, Conftalks.dev, Comptalks, uh, man, that's a mouthful, <laughs> works to to send you a notification via, notification via email so that when you, have a, something, when you have an event coming up soon, you'll know about it and you won't have to worry about what's missing. It'll also help you to discover many different conferences, whether they're in your backyard or around the world, using over 350 different classification tags that we, that we have manually put in to make sure that you can find everything you need. So for more information on that, go to conftalks.dev. And don't forget, that is a product that I am currently building and would love your support. But that is not why you came to listen to this. You came to hear from my guest. My guest today is someone that I've known for about as long as I've been podcasting. And there, there's always been this like kind of... Alliance between uh, productivity and tech and and the many shows that he that uh, my guest has put out and um, but my guest today is Clay Russell. Clay is the founder and proprietor of the tech side Network, which is home to many many podcasts, some of those which Clay is also a host on uh, and I am not going to go down that list because I will miss. One or two <laughs> or five. But uh, outside of that, Clay is also, um, also works with uh, the Whataburger franchise of restaurants. And, and I'll let him get into a little bit more detail about that. But, uh, but, Clay, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing absolutely excellent. Thank you for inviting me on your show here, KJ. Appreciate it.
0: I'm just glad that uh, we finally were able to sit down and talk again, it's been so long. Uh, we were talking about like, we were using different technologies even uh, the last time we chatted.
1: Yes, yeah, those kind of things change, right? Uh, our needs change and, and so does the tech and the software we use along with it.
0: Well, I gave a brief introduction, but please fill in the blanks and let, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself.
1: Well, first and foremost, I am a, uh, a husband and a father. And um, I have a very supportive wife who allows me to do the things that I love on the side. Um, my day job, of course, as you mentioned, is Whataburger. I'm a director of operations for the second largest franchise uh, under the brand. Um, we are continuing to grow. It's exciting time for us. Um, uh, the Whataburger name and the, and the brand itself is in, increase, increasingly growing and getting more popular. Um, we're getting out uh, and... and different ways you know there's 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 the of course the food which is uh, well known in the southern regions but also our uh, brand and marketing team is on fire right now uh, i just went to a convention just a couple of days ago um got back but um the actual merchandise store was the hot ticket um it is a it is a huge huge deal for them right now and i see a future where the actual uh, merchandise store makes up a significant part of their of their income uh, moving forward. Uh, so if you get an opportunity to to visit a Whataburger, please do. Um, you know we were I believe in USA Today we are being voted as the number one um, burger place. So you definitely want to check it out. Uh, so that's uh, uh, Whataburger. Um, how do I get the job done? Um, well, I'm I'm heavily invested in the apple ecosystem and also the software that i use and along with that uh, byproduct of having all this cool technology and software is being able to use it for things that i love that being the tech network that is that is my passion it started off uh with a single podcast that i uh accepted a twitter invite from somebody i knew on twitter i uh, did a, a job as a guest on the show which turned into a um regular thing before i knew it i was in uh for about a year and i kind of just uh took the podcast over at some point and uh wanted to do something more than just a single podcast there's a lot of interest out there from a lot of people and so we expanded and it just grew and grew and i think we've we've been at this for about uh maybe a little over 10 years now and um you know 13 podcasts in we got more on the way and it's just Blown up into a a fun hobby for me and a couple dozen friends. So that's pretty much that's pretty much the gist of uh, what makes up the hours of my day right now.
0: So I had no idea that TechSide Network was had been around for that long. I mean, I think I think the first um, Side podcast I had listened to was maybe four years ago. But that's that's impressive. I mean, what what is the the key to such longevity
1: the key number one is you don't put pressure on the people i make it clear up front when you join the tech side network it is a hobby Uh, everybody goes in knowing full well that we are not uh, a profitable network we take donations to pay for hosting fees and things of that nature but um, we do this for fun and uh, at some point we may pivot into something a little bit more experimental and 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 look for ways to monetize but for now it is strictly a hobby. Something one of the other things that we do is we tend to go monthly in our shows and what this allows us to do is is to not feel the burden of being committed to 2 hours a week to a network um you, you know we have some shows that's it's basically an open invite to anybody on the network where you can come in and join if you're up for it or you know take the night off if you if you if you don't. Now my schedule is a little bit more committed. I do host about five of the podcasts on the network and that's, uh, that's uh, a monthly schedule for those five. So all in all, I'm probably only recording maybe 10 to 15 hours a month. Uh, and I'm probably editing, you know, uh, about twice that. Um, but I, I keep it real simple. I haven't, I, I would definitely say I'm not a pro on any scale when it comes to the work that I put into the podcast. We record as is. Uh, the structure is loose. Um, we do have show notes, and you know we do spend some time going over some of the, the latest in the news. and we, t- we try to keep it, you know, to a format, but it's, it's a loose format. And if we go off on some tangents, we go off on some tangents along the way. But the entire network's built around the idea of casual conversation. I am not an expert on anything regards to technology if i'm an expert in one thing i would probably say maybe i'm a productivity expert and that's because i've just tried about every possible method imaginable and i would actually probably consider myself pretty productive considering the weight of my responsibilities um, but the idea of the tech side network is casual conversation from passionate people and when you join the TechSide Network, you know that we don't expect you to be an expert on any subject, no matter what podcast it is. It's almost from the take of a fan, more so than an expert on the subject. So, and you'll get that. You know, people can, you know, tell us we're wrong, and we're completely fine with that because what we offer on the show is our opinions, our thoughts, you know, our methods for doing things. And sometimes we're right. Sometimes we fight over you know, uh, who's right and who's wrong, and, and we just have fun doing it. But guys, uh, the guys on the show, it's it's basically a bunch of guys just hanging out, having a good time, having a beer, and, and just talking about things that they love. So that's that's pretty much the gist of the Techside Network. And we're opening that, that model to anybody just looking for a way to get into podcasting with very uh, little effort. So um, we're always looking to add Substantial content—content content that is new and 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 takes us takes takes side in a different direction. Um, we've expanded past technology into fitness and health, and even a pro wrestling podcast here recently that's doing extremely well. But if you have something that you're passionate about, and you don't need to be an expert, but if you're just looking for a a place to be heard. You know, the TechSide Network is a great place for that. Uh, You and you and a host have an idea. You want to put it together. I help with the with the show art, with the music, the whole uh, production. I host it. I give you a website. I give you an email for feedback. I create the whole thing, and all you got to do is show up and record. And you could do that on a weekly, biweekly, or monthly. It's up to you. So that's that's pretty much the the sums it up for what the TechSide Network is all about.
0: So, one of the things that you mentioned uh, was all of the different things that you take care of for the individual hosts uh, and their respective shows. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people who, i mean, if you you listen to you know any of the relay FM shows, you listen to any of the you know NPR or uh, BBC, any like Gimlet media, any of those like major networks. Um, There is usually a large group of people who are working on that content. And one of the things that I I think that uh, both of us as podcasters have done is to let the authenticity of small, I don't want to say small time podcasts, but the individual passionate hobbyist. Uh, podcast, uh, ring through, was that something that, uh, you, you mentioned that it's casual conversation. Was that something that, you know, that you said, we're going to do this after the attempts to go, you know, mainstream or into like these, these larger podcast factories, or was it kind of that from the beginning?
1: It was, That from the beginning, I've had my fair share of podcasts where you can, you can hear everybody's opinion from everybody who thinks they're an expert. And, and a lot of those podcasts are well done. They're well put together, well produced, but I don't enjoy the conversation as much as I do when I'm talking with friends. You know, those are the kind of conversations I enjoy having. Um, from the, from the beginning, when I, when I originally, uh, joined, um, well, it wasn't a network at the time, but when we, the iOS docked podcast, which is our longest-running podcast, was actually iPhone docked. It was started by uh, a group of guys um, passionate also about um, technology, but they kicked kicked that off and ran it for I don't know several months, uh, and it kind of went their own way with it. Uh, there was a bunch of, of host uh, host changes and from the get-go all i remember is it being fun it was just fun from the get-go it was never meant to be a big production it was just something that we enjoyed doing and we had some some listeners who just were dedicated and loyal fans we still have some of those today who were just you know waiting for that next episode um and i i think what they enjoyed and the and the and the feedback that we've had from our guests and whether it be email or, or twitter is that they listen to us because it's different? Anybody can report the news. They can, you know, anybody can can um, quote numbers and 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 data and and um, you know throw names and and um, brands and everything else out there. But but if you just want to act like you're at a party and you're listening in on a conversation, I think that's that's the tech side network for you and will there be a place i'm going to give an example of uh, a couple of friends of mine on the network and that is i'm going to call out ken cooper and justin klein those two gentlemen are i believe the closest thing we have to what i would consider a very well-produced podcast Uh, if you get an opportunity to listen to the apple juice podcast it's a weekly podcast that just recaps everything that has happened in apple news and I think that is a good example of something on the Techside Network that you can look at and say, wow, that is a well-produced show. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the other shows. You know, it's just different. They, they, they are actually – they have great chemistry. They are – you know, the, the show is very well-edited. Uh, Ken Cooper is doing a fantastic job, especially for somebody who's new to podcasting and he's very passionate about it. And we provided that outlet for him. And depending on who you are and, and and what your intent is, you can, you know, you can kind of do whatever kind of podcast you want to, whether it be, you know, big time and you want to try to monetize it, go for it. I'm not going to get standing in your way of that. That's, that's awesome. Um, but you know, it's just you take it wherever you want to go and that's 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 the tech side Network. you what do you want to do with your show how can i help you um you know and and that's pretty much pretty much it but the tech side network was never meant to be uh, a, a high production uh thing that we were going to turn into a business it's always been fun it's always been for friends and it's always been a hobby
0: no, very nice. And and as someone who has listened to many of the shows, I'm I'm partial to GTD Jedi, but um, I will say that the uh, the Apple Juice Pod uh, Apple Juice Cast is really good as well. Um, let's turn it uh, kind of like balancing it into more of the productivity side. You mentioned you do about uh, forty to fifty hours of podcast network related things on top of being a director of operations. Uh, both of those roles are very demanding. Uh, how do you manage to, uh, one, make sure that they don't interfere with each other, but then, mm-hmm. two, also, I don't know, keep your sanity in the process?
1: Number one is when you – everybody who joins the network, for one, understands that that this is a um, it is a hobby, okay, and it is not my full-time job that i have a schedule that i stick to um and uh, some people especially on the east coast don't like the late recordings right uh i, I record at 8 30 p.m uh central time the reason i do that is because i have family time when i get off of work and that i usually get home about 6:30 30 uh, p.m central time and i've got a couple hours with my family and i put my technology away. I put it on the charger. I spend those two hours with my family and the family usually, the family time usually consists of, of dinner, some playtime with my daughter. And then I kind of just enjoy uh, story time. When my wife reads to my child, I like to be in the room. I like to, like to listen to her read as well. It's kind of comforting, it's relaxing, and that's kind of how I wind down. And then I have a hour or two to myself at night. That's typically when I do the podcasting or I set up notes for the, for upcoming podcasts, and I might have an hour in the morning before I start my workday where I'll publish some podcasts if, if I could get to it. But I pretty much reserve about an hour in the morning and a couple hours at night to do anything network related. My work days typically fall between around 8 a.m. and about 6, 6 p.m. And that's uh, five to six days a week, depending on the week that I'm having. When I open stores, when I open restaurants, and I just did that. Let's see, I'll open one in January, open a new store in March. And when that's happening, I'll probably put in 90 to 100 hours a week. Uh, if I'm lucky, I can find a uh, substitute host to replace me. If I have to reschedule, I'll reschedule. But my priorities will always be intact. It is, it is um, my, my day-to-day job and, and my family that will always come before the network. Um, that's for now <laughs> and probably in the foreseeable future but um you know like the apple tv for an example it started out as a hobby and became a viable business will the tech side network get there i don't know but that's not if it happens it happens uh if it doesn't it doesn't uh it will remain a fun side project for me so you know uh, i think the important thing is time blocking you know making making sure that your priorities are in order and that you are giving the appropriate amount of time to uh those people that, that you answer to and that answer to you. And, um, you know, and when I run six stores, I have 300 employees. Um, they, you know, they're, they're demanding of my time, just as when I'm home, you know, families, uh, families, uh, demanding of my time as well. And it's important that I'm there for, for both of those groups when I'm, you know, at the, at the, at the job or at home. Um, and then when it's podcasting time, I'm the same way. I try to be there for my, for my uh, network buddies. But uh, i make no mistake about it. I've got to provide for a family, and that's where the daytime job comes in. And um, that's that pretty much sums it up. The technology side of it, and how the product productivity side of it of it all boils down to for me is batch processing everything. I I am not I was a victim of ticking inbox zero or 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 my task management system always keeping my inbox empty as many times as possible throughout the day. That doesn't work anymore. Uh so what I what I try to do, I've really gotten good at email. Maybe I should backtrack. I don't know if I talked to you about this or or if if maybe I've shared it uh on a social network or maybe shared a story on a podcast but there was a point about four, maybe three or four months ago, where I just had to hit the reset button. I had uh, way too much going on. I was had my stuff all over the place. I wasn't organized. My 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 the apps that I used, I had way too many doing the same thing. I didn't know where was, you know, which data was going where. It it was just a mess, and it was cluttering my brain. I, I was sleeping became. Um, was not a priority to me anymore. I mean, I, I was sleeping four or five hours a day. It was catching up with me. I was just exhausted mentally. So I hit the reset button and really just refocused on my priorities again and started over um, did the restores on the devices, didn't put back anything on my devices that wasn't essential to what I needed to get done day to day. And that really helped a lot. And the next the next thing I did was I just started like I said, batch processing everything. So email gets checked twice a day. I'll check it in the morning. I'll check it in the evening before I come home and then I'm done. When I, when I do check my email, it's either, um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll do quick replies. I'll postpone to a time when I know I'll have a, a bigger calendar block to handle the email or, you know, I'll, I'll cop, copy contents of an email to drafts and decide what to do with it when I empty out my, my, my draft inbox. But, I, I typically don't do the same thing twice anymore. I'm very, um, very good about um, keeping things clean and not going back to the well too much in regard to those those inboxes that can get you in trouble and become a distraction.
0: So it sounds like your the secret to your success has been a focus on being intentional about the things that you're doing. Um, like you said, the not, not just paying attention to the people around you that rely on you in some way, but also paying attention to your own needs. And I, I think that's something that uh, people in the tech space tend to forget about, uh, especially when we deal with many different uh, productivity systems. Uh, I know that a lot of my coaching clients come from scrum shops or agile workshops or agile shops where everything is very regimented. Everything is on a deadline and people are often reaching burnout just to, to hit a deadline. And uh, it sounds like you avoid that by one, just understanding that like, Hey, there's only so many hours in a day. I need a few of those to sleep. And I just possibly can't get everything done. But then you're also saying that I am going to be intentional about the things that I'm doing um, when I'm doing them, and everything else can wait until it's, you know, whatever that thing is when it's it's their turn. Um, they can wait for that.
1: Oh, you nailed it. That's that's absolutely uh, the way the way I'm working now. Um, can I plug an app? On this show
0: we normally Uh, don't talk about apps but because it's you i'll I'll make an exception
1: (laughs) okay well because it kind of coincides with the way i've I've built my day up and uh i've i'm the kind of guy who's who's tried all task managers under the sun uh and and they all there's so many great ones out there but the one i've settled on here recently that just happens to work with my new way of doing things like you said the you know working with intention and making sure that I'm focused on the task at hand. and uh, So I'm using an app called Sorted3. Uh, it's, it's relatively new as far as um, how long it's been around. Uh, this version of it has been around uh, a short while. Uh, it's in beta on the Mac, but I primarily use it on my iPhone and iPad. And what's different about Sorted3 is that it works It blends your tasks and it blends your calendar together. And this is the only app that I've found where you can really just streamline how you want to approach your day, what tasks you have, the duration of the tasks, and the priority level of these tasks. And you can really just, I know when I'm gonna have energy, I know when I'm gonna have some free time. And what I'll do at the beginning of every day is I will just to the minute, I will try to detail my day. And as I go through the day, all I do is just check off the boxes. It's almost like automating my day. Like like everything is just automated. I know exactly where I gotta be, what I gotta do, how long it's gonna take to get there, the kind of energy I'm gonna need to get the job done. And I mean, it's I have never in my life been more productive than I have been over the last couple of months. Um, so it, this this app has really helped me with that. Um, it's they've, they've got some really cool features. I'd recommend checking it out, but I'm not, here to plug the app so much as it is that I, I wanted to share how I'm how I'm making that happen and, and um, this sorted three has really helped me with that uh, the other thing I think that it is important to do is don't let things slip through the cracks you have to have an inbox you have to have some place whether it be old-school pen and paper whether it be uh, post-it notes whether it be um, uh, your your phone and, 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 a, and a notepad Um, for me, it's, it's, uh, I have an application where anytime I launch the application, it's an empty canvas and everything that I need to remember goes in there. And I've often been referred to as the guy that's so organized. That's not necessarily the case. I'm just a guy with a system and the system has happened to work for me. And I find that if somebody tells me something with the 500 things that I'm going to hear throughout the day that I need to remember, I just jot it down. And when I start my day in the morning, I go through that inbox of everything that i posted or written down or a thought or an idea. And I just file it away. I categorize it, I tag it, I put a date on it and I put it away and I don't think about it anymore until it's time to. And that has been extremely helpful to me. And it's, it is a, a, a not a secret it's out there if you go looking for it, but capturing everything, processing the data and then just getting it done. Um, it, it's, it's something you have to stick with it's a process that you have to be consistent with but once you do you'll be so thankful um, that, that you've that you've done that and the people that you answer to the people that you're responsible uh, for and 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 that you work for will appreciate it too um, you know the fact that you just have seem to have that the brain of an elephant that remembers everything you know um, I enjoy that I enjoy being that person that, that people can count on to it's bad, but I mean, I have people calling me asking me what their password is. you know it's like, okay, um, luckily I have that written down because you've asked me this three times already so you know that's a, that's the kind of um, the, the kind of thing I like. I like um, I like using my brain for what I'm working on currently and what I'm what I'm involved in and focused on at the moment rather than filling it up with a bunch of garbage that I'm trying to remember and I'm spending too much energy trying to remember it.
0: Well, I, I will definitely allow the Sorted call, um, especially since we've had uh, the team that, that built Sorted on, the, on the show before uh, when they launched Sorted 2, and uh, I am one of the contributors of workflows for the Sorted 3 application, but um, that's me as an automator, not as someone who is using it on a daily basis. I still, I stand by my pen and paper, uh, but... Uh, the other application you mentioned, I, I believe it was Drafts, uh, just having everything open as a blank slate and being able to uh, have a process. Uh, that is something that uh, just as a fellow Drafts user, I really appreciate the fact that you have a blank canvas, but yet you have so much power uh, in, within the application itself. And I really do want to sit down with uh, with Greg and and pick his brain as to, you know, why <laughs> why why allow so much power in such a little device. But the uh the other thing that um you really got me on was the idea of not doing things more than once. Um if if anyone knows me, I'm an automation person. I'm actually an automator for hire. So if anybody ever needs uh, something automated, whether you don't know the coding side of it or you don't know uh, how widget A connects to widget B, I'm, I'm your guy. But that is something that I have grown to be wary of in in that sometimes when we get so comfortable in our automation that we forget the steps. And uh, a good example of this is I, I do a newsletter for another uh, podcaster, and uh, at one point I had the newsletter completely automated based on all the information that they do weekly. It pulls a lot of information down, it puts it in HTML, loads it into MailChimp, and then all I have to do is change a couple of things and hit enter. Well recently, there was a format change. And I haven't gotten around to modifying that workflow. So now I'm in the process of like having to go through it manually. And each time I've gone through it, it's like, well, wait a minute, was I supposed to do this? Or did I do I go over here? Do I need to add this thing over here? Like, like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not getting this right? And it it has become this, I guess, tale of, of caution, through experience of, It's great to have the system make sure the system is documented because one day your leg might fall off and you might need someone else to execute part of that system for you. And you're not going to be able to remember all the steps if you have a lot of it automated out. But the Uh other side of that is, too, like you said, applications change. But if you have a good system in place and a well-documented system in place, you can often take that system with you regardless of what email application, note, uh, task management application, note-taking application that you're using.
1: No, absolutely. And I think you mentioned automation. Uh, it's kind of, I've gotten away from um, the, the Zapier, uh, the IFTTT, um, the the. Hazel as a good Mac client. Uh, Let's see, another one is uh, Alfred. I've gotten away from these services. Keyboard Maestro, I've gotten away from a lot of these, especially when I converted to the iPad Pro as my main machine. And what I've enjoyed is uh, something that you made me think about was, as I build the shortcuts to replace all these tools that I'm using elsewhere, uh, and i've I've built some massive, massive shortcuts. But what I like about building the shortcuts is I don't forget those steps. I can go back and look at all of the steps. I can swap the steps. I can make adjustments uh, right there in the heart of the middle of the shortcut if I need to. So I keep familiar with how everything works, and it's right there in history, right? uh the other thing i like that i can do is you can you can duplicate these shortcuts before you go tinkering with them so you know if you especially if you've got one that's extremely complicated and long that you've built over a long amount of time and you've really customized it you don't want to risk messing that up right you've put too many hours in so always duplicate your your shortcuts before you go tinkering with it and and modifying it but i think apple's done a really good job by bringing shortcuts to the the mobile devices that we use today in the iPhone and the iPad. And I think that's going to take off. I wouldn't be surprised if Shortcuts does come to the Mac eventually. But for now, uh, I'm really excited about the future of automation just on the iPhone and iPad and what can be done today.
0: I am as well. And and there are some some really, really great tools that will allow you to do that, let alone the Shortcuts app itself is, is really wonderful. Um, I actually recently um, went back to the Mac side of things only because of of a new job that I picked up. And, and a lot of the editing requires specific software that isn't available on the iOS platform. But um, I definitely agree with you. One of the things that I like about uh, using my iPad Pro as my primary device, uh, my daily driver outside of my notebooks are, I mean, is the fact that it does limit you in some ways, you know if I look at my i'm afraid to turn around and look at my my desktop right now because I know that i've got a terminal open i've got Safari open I've probably got two or three windows with of safari open i've got uh, several different windows that have code in it, and um, who knows there might be a game or something running in the background too there There's just so much going on, but when I'm on my iPad, like you said, having that that intentional Uh, use case of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're only using one screen at a time. You're only maybe two, maybe, maybe three, but you're very limited. But in doing that, that allows you to focus and be intentional in the things that you are doing.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: So I think that's going to wrap up the conversation here, but uh, everyone listening, don't forget the the actual conversation isn't over in just a few seconds. Clay is going to be hitting me with all of the difficult tech side related or not related questions. Uh, He's going to try to to stump uh, Mr. Productivity and Tech himself. But uh, before we jump into the after show, Clay, thank you for being such an awesome guest. Please let everyone know how they can connect with you
1: i make it really simple uh clay russell on twitter uh, i've been on twitter now for like 12 12 years easy to find i was lucky enough to get my my name as a uh, handle early on but you can also find me on techside.net you can see everything there you can see all the podcasts we do uh, we've have the the photo galleries um you know, whatever you're into, I'm sure there's something there that you can enjoy. And if you don't enjoy it, let us know that too. You know, we we like the feedback. Always looking to evolve. So uh, yeah, check us check us out on TechSide.net or find me on Twitter at Clay Russell.
0: All right, Clay, you ready for the uh, after show? Ready. All right, so here's my spiel. Um, at the end of each conversation, I pass the host baton over to you, and this is now your show, to talk about whatever you like with me as your guest. But from this point on, the show is yours.
1: Awesome. All right, KJ, so I've got a question for you. You you go to pen and paper, all right? Yep. Now, I can understand the simplicity of that, but I have to ask you this. In, in your most honest way, explain to me how you can be and I I want to set this up the right way. You have a a keyboard on a Mac and an open window to type in. Okay. And you have a pen and a a notepad. How can you explain to me how you can be more productive? How can pen and paper be better suited to getting more stuff done more effectively?
0: I, I think the biggest side of that is with pen and paper, I have to be intentional about what is being added. Um, for many reasons, one, I'm a young guy with early stages or uh, early stage rheumatoid arthritis. So uh, it actually starts to hurt if I do too much writing and too much typing for that matter as well. But one of the things that, um, happened with me recently and, and more of last year and, and in, in people, the, the, you know, patrons who get this content know much about this, but, uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I've probably had, you know, those symptoms my entire life, but there's no distraction on pen and paper. You know, if, like you said, I could, I could write, you know, something down. I could write a little to-do thing. I could type it down in like drafts for Mac or whatever, but nine times out of 10 things that go into my drafts only get recalled when I absolutely need to find them and I I do I put a lot of things in drafts like that's not to say that I don't I don't use technology as you know at all it's just that when I'm thinking about okay what needs to happen today I don't, want to, I don't want to pull that source from email. I don't want to send things from my email into a task manager because, again, you get into the habit of just hitting that hot key a little too fast, and then you have a bunch of junk in there that isn't necessarily your deal, you know, your problem. But when I'm looking at it and I'm writing things down, and, you know, I start my day the same way I start every day, is like, what do I want to accomplish? Uh, sometimes it is... A physical task of hey do this thing crank out this widget. Sometimes it is a a mental challenge or or an emotional thing like hey make sure you talk with you know talk with your mom see how she's doing something like that. Um, because I don't have this gigantic list of everything that has to be done, I have a I have a blank sheet of paper I have a clean slate I can start each day fresh and I feel it. With the things that I want to fill it with, and and again there are, you know, some guidelines to that. You know, I got to make sure I'm actually doing my job, or I'll get fired. I have to make sure that the people who are relying on me for things get what they're looking for. But those are on other sheets of paper. Those are on other pages in my notebook. I can turn back to those pages any time, but I don't have to, you know, navigate around all the distractions that come with being on my iPad or being on my, you know, computer. And 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 the iPads and the phone, well, the phone is definitely a problem. But <laughs> the iPad is a little bit better of avoiding those distractions. But I will definitely say nothing compares to pen and paper when it comes to just sitting there and focusing on what do I have to do? What do I want to do? How can I make sure these things happen? Do I need to draw a map? Let me draw a little mind map of how I can make these things happen. Let me throw a checklist in there. Let me draw a little picture of a, of a dog just because I'm bored. You know, I can, I, it can become whatever I need it to be.
1: Okay. So um, I understand from the, you said, uh, obviously the pain from, from extended writing or typing. That's a problem. How do you fit dictation into your workflow? I mean, if if, if those kind of things get to you, have you thought about mastering the art of dictation to your your devices?
0: So there are times, like, if I'm writing a newsletter, I I do often dictate those things into drafts, and then I'll copy it into, like, MailChimp or whatever tool I'm using. Um, One of the problems that I do run into is that, uh, as some, you know... I cause this pain on myself, but most of the jobs that I do are very repetitive. And uh, you know, when it comes to audio and video editing, there isn't really much dictation that I can I can implement on it. At least, not that I know of. If if you have if you have a great way to to voice command finding silences and stripping them out of video courses, please let me know because <laughs> that would save me a ton. <laughs> yeah, of <talk>. Good luck. <laughs>
1: Okay. So then the other question I would have for you is these things that you're writing down on paper, how much of what percentage of these things end up going back to your devices anyway? I mean, I'm guessing you're writing things down you need to do. Do they just reside there? And then you realize that some of these things that you need to do are probably things on your devices anyway.
0: Um. You know there there are probably a few things that would go, uh, and and there are definitely uh, a few areas where I have just said, okay, we cannot let a notebook be the final resting place for this. Um, any of my coding projects is one of those uh, areas. What I tend to do is I have a uh, what's called a collection uh, for bullet journalists. Um, where it's just a set sheet of uh, a set few sheets of paper and you use that to kind of center everything into that, that one space. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that a lot for trying to figure things out, but not necessarily for tracking of things that need to get done um, for that. Something like that, I might use something like Trello or notion. Um, but when I'm, I'm not operating off of those things. Actually, and a good example of that is uh, the video course editing that I do. Um, my my client sends me, he uploads a Dropbox folder full of raw video files. And then I create a card in Trello that has a checklist on it. And that checklist has, you know, uh, strip the audio from the video, uh, run the audio through Auphonic, strip out the silences, uh, reinsert the cleaned audio back into the video, edit the video for length. And as I'm going through that, I'm checking off those boxes. But even on like in my notebook, it may just say work on videos five and six. It, it, it won't have all of those steps because those steps are already listed somewhere.
1: Okay. So um, I'm guessing how many inboxes do you have? Do you have, I'm guessing the pen and paper, of course, is is one place you're capturing data. Where else are you capturing data on a regular basis?
0: So if we're we're talking inbox as things coming in to be processed and then dealt with, Mm -hmm. um, I would have my two email accounts, one for productivity and tech, and then my personal email. Um, I have a really bad habit of deferring things uh, when it comes to email instead of processing it immediately. Like, uh, for instance, when you scheduled the podcast interview, I think you scheduled it back in February. I, Uh as soon as I got that Calendly notification, I just, I looked at, okay, oh, okay, April 3rd, I'm going to snooze this until April 1st, because I don't need to know, I don't need to worry about it until then, unless, you know, he has a question or he needs to reschedule. And then if he, if you reply to that email, then it immediately comes back. Um, So I, I would guess my inboxes are one, which I'm pretty light on email. I don't get a lot of email, which is, you know, great. I also let people know I'm not a fan of email. So I tend to tell people, like, if if you've got to write more than two paragraphs, just call me um, because I will probably not read it. But a lot of
1: that has to do with the, the ADHD, though, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, because it's it's you know, start reading like, okay, hey, da 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 hey, copy. Okay. What do you want me to do? Copy this text. Okay. So I'm just going to copy this text. Oh, and if you say, Oh, Hey, at the bottom, I told you to do this thing. Well, you should have put that at the top, <laughs> you know, if it was right. that important. Um, but yes, uh, my email inboxes. So there's, I guess, three of those. There's my day job, uh, productivity and tech, and then um, my personal email, which is kind of whatever. Uh, I don't really check that too often. And then my notebook, and I I can't really think of any others. I mean calendars, but a lot of the calendar stuff I I just get the notification on my phone. And when I do my my weekly reviews, um, so yeah, I guess you could say a calendar too. So maybe like five five or six. I can't. I lost count. Like five or six. And, I think.
1: Okay. Or all your inboxes are they grouped together? Do you have uh, Do you have everything flow into the same place?
0: Yes and no. So my day job email lives in Outlook, only on my computer at the office, because there are very few things that they need me to do when I am off work. Um, Even though I am a salary employee, and I guess they could ask me to do it, I make it very clear that when I'm not in the office, I am working on me stuff. So that's kind of that thing. They know like if, if the building's on fire, call me. But other than that, they don't really, nothing, I don't need to worry about any of that. Um, as far as Pitt and my personal email, those are both listed in a uh, superhuman, the email app that I use. Mm-hmm. And even though they go into the same app, they are segmented. So I do have to say, okay, switch to my personal email. Okay. Switch to pit email. And then from there, I do have some rules that basically will auto send things to other boxes. So like all of my podcast interview requests go to a separate little folder and I don't, I don't really look at those unless I know of something that, like, I'm, I'm expecting to come in until, like, the end of the day or the end of the week when I'm doing my reviews. Because usually at that point, I've been talking to the person. I'm expecting them to sign up for a podcast. Like, I don't, I don't need to follow up on that email. I know it's going to be there. It's not in my, quote, unquote, inbox. So there's no anxiety to be involved with that. It's not, you know, a number, a a number bubble, you know, on an app, I have those disabled anyway. Um, so usually, I mean, I'm only getting like invoices or, you know, paid invoices, uh, and, and those kind of get processed quickly. You know, as soon as I pay something or as soon as I get paid for doing something, I tuck that away in a receipts folder. And then once a quarter, I pull all those out and then send those out to the accountant and they do their thing.
1: All right, it looks like uh, by, our, uh, by the clock here, i got about 90 seconds with you, so I'm going to do a lightning round now. Okay. All right, how many emails are in your current inbox on your iPhone right now?
0: Uh, let's see. I have my phone right here. I'm opening it. I'm going to Superhuman. Uh, my inbox for Pit is at inbox zero and my inbox for my personal email i have two email oh oh, some came so i have four one for the skype code (laughs) that i came in so we'll delete that uh apparently i got asked to apply at google that's not happening and then i got two things from the uh, utility bill which those can get processed later Um, so i'll mark those as done all right so now all of my inboxes as far as email go are at zero (laughs)
1: Congratulations! That that doesn't happen too often. I'll tell you one thing that gets on my nerves is is uh, I see, maybe home screen setups, and I'll see a ridiculous badge with hundreds, if not thousands, of emails. I just don't know how people can deal with that. But that, that's just me. Next question: About how many tasks do you try to tackle in a day? If you were to list them all,
0: um, I used to be I used to be all about like micro tasking and like, okay, break everything down to its bare basic components. Uh, When I am not sure of what to do on a project, I still do that. And that's when you'll see the, you know, trying to knock out 15, 20 tasks in a day. Uh, But for the most part, I try to keep it around like five or six, but they're usually more project focused. You know, spend a little time in this project, spend a little time in that project, make sure you get these two things that are actionable, you know, knocked out. So I I would say probably five or six, unless I'm doing something that's going to require a lot of research or um, if I'm not in my comfort zone, and then you might start to see that number creep up to like the 20s.
1: All right. And final question is, and for our listening audience out there, your best advice on how to create and develop and follow new habits?
0: Um, I would say make sure that you're make sure that you have someone to hold you accountable to those habits. Uh, whether it is your bank account, whether it is your best friend, whether it is your spouse, whether it is a combination of those things. I have learned that when I when I have to be accountable to someone or something, I tend to have a better chance at achieving that thing. And that's one of the things that I do with my my productivity coaching for developers is it's not as much me telling my clients what they should do. It is me helping my clients figure out what they already know they should be doing, but then also serving as that person that they can be accountable to to make sure that they are actually doing it.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, KJ, I appreciate your insight on the answers to those questions. And it looks like we are out of time.
0: All right. Well, I have enjoyed the conversation very much. And I am looking forward to listening, playing through it again and uh, hopefully getting it out to everybody uh, next week.
1: Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Take care. All right. Bye. open the door to make sure I'm having sex